<laughs> mm. Hi everyone, I'm Sean. <laughs> I'm Mark. Lee. And we are the modern day goalkeeper and the faces behind Voss GK2. Um, welcome to episode one of the podcast. Hopefully uh, this can be a continuing thing. Um, so I think we'd better start with how we sort of started the business about eight years ago. So, uh, Mark? Late. Uh, I think it was seven. <laughs> <laughs> the first mistake. Nearly seven years, isn't it? Yeah, uh, 2016, yeah. Oh, sh- <laughs> I thought it was 17. 16, oh, April 16, I think it was. Was it? Yeah. Oh, God. That was I'm happened. thinking it's 2023, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Wish it was back to 2016, actually. Uh, I'd do it all again. We'll come, we'll come back from, uh, should we say, Cosby? Big wholesaler in Gateshead, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Come back from there, and I think it was Lee just took, uh, took a bit of time out of from playing. It was... I think I've been off for a while out at Rangers. I left in the, what was it, the May. And then this was like the next February, March, I think, wasn't it? Um, I remember just saying, oh, I would love to do something to help goalies and improve on it and help them deal with all the crap that you have to deal with being a goalie and advise, train in a different way, basically the complete opposite to what I ever did when I played. So I think it was just come back from Costco and we thought, we'll go to the pitch and... Um, because I knew technically I could do some really good things, some really bad things, but technically some really good things. So I thought like doing, we obviously went to the pitch and start doing a bit of training. And then um, obviously we did our first video on it. That first day we did that first video. So uh, Yeah, first first time we went to the pitch, we got the, the one of our biggest <coughs> viral videos ever. It still gets shared around now, isn't it? Where Lee, Mark hits a ball to Lee and Lee, Neymar flicks it. And then side volleys are back to uh, to Mark, and uh, it got shared like the first time with the pitch. We ended up getting thousands and thousands of followers just from from first that, take as well, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, the first take, <coughs> not not the thirty fifth or anything. It's nah, first. It was actually in the first <laughs> take. Actually, wasn't it? Nah, it, was it really wasn't good. more surprising with the least. It was my my kicking really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's still called the name off flick as well. So it should be. The, I know it should be the modern day GK. <laughs> the Voss no. flick now looks a bit like the logo. It's been done and done and done loads now, hasn't but it? I think Sean said he missed it, didn't he, at the time? I know, and I was just messing around, but I thought, oh, no, I've really ruined that <laughs> clip now, seeing that. Could have <coughs> done it again and again and again. Oh, any time you to. wanted to. <laughs> uh, if Mark could hit the, uh, the right ball. Like. Lee could. If Lee could be fast enough to get on the end of his own his own kick. Well, no, that's what, that. that was going to be the next... Uh, <coughs> you had one more option, one more <laughs> chance, didn't you? And I was on it. But um, I think that'd give us like a big... Um, Boost in it straight away, um, and then everyone was able to see like Lee's technique, goalkeeper training as well. Uh, he wasn't just about them little tricks and stuff like that. People seeing how good he was, um, and we just sort of showed how differently we trained. Um, it wasn't all volleys and things like that. It was, it was. Um, well, it was. It's miles from what <laughs> yeah. we do now. We did have one video where me and you were volleying. Ah, you know, that's, hands, I think we scrubbed well, that one. I don't uh, think we knew anything then either. We've learned, obviously, as we've went, but yeah. Um, but the idea at the beginning was we're going to put a mask on Lee, won't we? Um, not just, that I'm somebody, like I said. Yeah, like just uh, I don't know, just hide his identity, just so we wouldn't get um, criticised. Um, Lee was still playing at the time. Well, Lee was still active player at the time, so he didn't want to add more pressure on it himself. But also, I think 
when um when you hide your identity, like people would be f- a bit more um a bit more conscious of whether they criticise or not because they think, oh, it could be someone a top pro under there, and I don't want to act as though I know more than them. Top pro, Trinidad Houghton. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if they knew it was Lee, and not many people knew him at the time, they wouldn't think twice about saying this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Um. So the first video was like just Lee from behind. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, so different. Yeah, it was hidden kind of thing, and uh, but Lee was saying before that he used to go to train, and I think well, a couple of the, the lads from Rangers, and that, I think they spotted your technique straightway, didn't they? They sort of no, they texting us, messaging us this you. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was from. What did you say to them, by the way? Did you say, no, not me? Or did no, you no, say, oh, guilty? Now to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Must just be doing some other sad old going to the pitch with his brothers. <laughs> um, I, I like, thought the mask thing was more just a... It would have been quite funny, wouldn't it? And uh, I think... wasn't because well, I was a crap goal. <laughs> but I think, looking back, though, now, you would think it was a good idea because, obviously, we'll talk more about but, like... Like almost repercussions from from starting the business, starting the videos, you would get people messaging, find out who you are, and trying to like use it as a platform to um, oh, no. to abuse you basically. Like, um, we got a message from one of his last clubs when he was playing a game on a Friday night, and um, Lee Lee was playing the Friday night. Me and Sean were at home watching the games, and they'd sent a video at the pub with the with the telly on in the background saying. He was, was going to take a goal kick, I think, wasn't he? And he was like, basically saying, you, you're doing all these videos for... for you kind of date yourself. Uh, like that sort of thing. And, um, and this was his own fans, <coughs> wasn't it? Ah, uh, this was his own fans, yeah. Uh-huh. So it was, uh, when when we look back, like like Lee was saying, as a funny thing, but probably a, would have been a smart thing just to take a bit of pressure off you. Um because you're putting yourself in the limelight like that, you're trying to you're trying to offer advice on how to play, and yet people are just wanting to use it to, to throw back in your face and like scrutinise no, no. you if, if you get it wrong. And it's mainly your own fans as though you got oh, more the stuff ones, from them the than anyone. Yeah. They, they, they want you just to be a million percent with the club, whether you're getting hundred quid a week playing for amateur <laughs> club or stupid money playing at the top level. They think that you should be a million percent have with the club. So going on, best yeah. advice, what you always say, the best advice you can give to any young goalie is never just rely on your football in it. You kind of just have football because it just brings so much pressure. But if you're going to have something else, it's got to be the right thing. And what we started was, it was quite bad, wasn't it? Um, people just, they're just waiting for you to do something wrong so they can see it. You're trying to coach kids or coach goalies how to do this, but you kind of do it yourself. And I think it goes back to like when when we're talking about like the viral videos and how obviously they were a great thing to grow the grow the brand for us and like give us a a bigger platform. But people would see them like that might be the only thing that they saw and they think, oh, all you're doing it for is is like cloud like sort of like no. you, you're trying to be a social media figure. Um, when it was just really like a, a tool, or like a, not even a tool, it was it was sometimes unintentional. Like some of them, because it was just be like the quality that you could do certain things. So, and that would end up making them go get more views. But then, like see, like people just see it as it's a social media thing, wasn't it? Um, so it was almost like a like being punished for being talented in a way. That's what was said at the start. Like whether it was <coughs> catching the ball, crossing, kicking. Um, anything movement around the goal, 
like you wouldn't see many better like if you watch people do it but of course i got nowhere near the level that i could have and because it's all about the other things and i had <coughs> so many weak parts of my game like when we do crossing i think somebody messaged in or you know do crossing off one side because that was great off my left foot but if you ask us to do it off the other side I couldn't do it, so it's. Uh, of course, we're going to show one people to one inspire people to to be at that level. Yeah, so from a viral video, um, we sort of got loads and loads of followers from that type of thing. Did some goalkeeper co- uh, goalkeeper exercises, didn't we, and showed them and stuff, and we did really um, get loads of. Fo- we were the biggest goalkeeping social media the first one. Man, we were the first. To, were the first to do it, but. <coughs> The good thing about us, well, what we're proud of, we've never like sold out just to do viral videos. Like, at least we can say like we're doing it for the right reasons still. And it's so much more like educational now, isn't it? Our training's gone from um, what we thought was good at the time. It's like it's 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 massively improved now, and we're passing that on to all our young keepers that we're coaching to prepare <coughs> them the best they can for games by seeing as many scenarios as they can from the game and stuff like that. Where that was the thing that was missing from Lee's training. Um, like Lee said before, he was never prepared for games. He never thought he was um, ready at all. Um, that though, like I always think, your coach, you've got a coach's responsibility <coughs> to prepare the goalie. But I think as a goalie, you've got to take responsibility as well. Like I could have been having the worst training, volley, volley, half volleys, <coughs> all this. But you've got a lot. You got a lot more time in the day to. And I would do that sometimes, so I did a lot of good things, but I think but the coach, I think that's, it is their job to, to prepare your best for a game, but sometimes you're not going to get that from them, so you've got to take responsibility, and I should have done a lot more. It's one of them, isn't it? We've just been talking about recently how like you you put a lot of, um, as a goalie or as a player, you put a lot of um, responsibility on the on the coach in terms of whatever they do. If that year you put your trust in them to... That should be enough, don't you? Yeah. Like, say, if the if you're being made to do this because the goalie's telling you to do this, you don't need to do anything more because if he wanted us to do more, he would have put this in the session. So uh, just do it's what almost the like tells us. Ah, uh, like, enough. and obviously, I probably did that. Some great stuff getting done now. You see some great stuff on on um, online. But I think we've influenced a lot to do more match related. But of course, you still get this um, old school way of oh, yeah. getting volleys half volleys that you're never <coughs> ever going to get in a game and hitting off a corner and stuff and it's, um, so I mean like I was saying to Mark the other day like we can be doing all this stuff and it, it's just common sense what we're doing really but then a coach at, at grassroots or something can just go right that I don't know about that but I'll just check up on what England and what um, Bayern Munich or something <coughs> are doing just to check make sure I'm doing everything right and they see the training that they're doing and think oh no, yeah they're no. talking rubbish that's what I need to be doing still I still need to be doing Bye. that and they just sort of check in and see if anything's changed but they're just still doing the same stuff and it's never so of course they're not going to change the ways if the top top clubs are, are doing it that way they're going to think no we're, we're obviously wrong we're only you know small uh, you know little people in uh, on social media why should I listen to them I should be listening to the big the big clubs so as much as a few people are twigging onto it now and it is become more like um more popular, um, it's still got loads a long way to go, hasn't it? Well, it's total like disservice to the goalie. Oh it yes. helps to give them the best chance to play well on a Saturday. There's so much you have to deal with on a Saturday, all the pressure and the fans and everything. So but the way we work, it's like making training 
10 times harder than any game. So when you go into a game, you feel much more comfortable. And um, whereas my sessions when I played, you felt as though you caught 95% of the balls, but not one of them was a match realistic ball. And it's like a total false sense of security. And um, obviously for me, it definitely didn't work. I and mean, that's how you came up with the gloves initially, wasn't it? Like, who are you to sort of change the session of the of the, the training? You're not going to go tell the goalkeeper what to do, goalkeeper coach what to do. So I'll just do something myself. I'll control what I can control. And I'll <coughs> put some outfield players' gloves on to make it a bit harder for myself for getting these this boring training sessions. I'll do something for myself to improve. Oh, of course. I was. I do think though, like if you've got anything about you and you care about how you play on a Saturday. I think you've got to say to the, it's got to come from the goalie to say, by the way, this isn't preparing us. I can mm. wear these gloves and make it 10 times harder. But this session, it doesn't happen on a Saturday. <coughs> so I'm sorry, you might be offended, but you've got to, you find so many, so many goalies that are so worried about upsetting their coach. Um, they might, the goalies might not even think that, they might just be happy to do that. Might they think, oh, yeah. I've done a good session there and uh, I don't need to work on this, I don't need to work on that. But the coach should be saying, like, you, you keep, doing this when he just on top of that point that you made about how like um goalies probably don't even know that they're no. they're doing anything like that's probably even 35 year old uh, experience goalies. they just think oh this is enough but it's that thing of like it's a perception of goalkeeper training it's like when you talked about before it's common sense like what you should really look at is like if I'm practicing for for this on a on a match day does it look anything like what I'm doing Monday to Friday, and there might be a small percentage that it does, but majority of it doesn't. But but the the it's either just unknown and never like challenging themselves, and never like questioning it, or again that thing of like placing too much trust into them and thinking, no, this is enough. This if if I needed something else, the goalie coach would would be making us do something else. Um, but it's again like when Lee was talking about like how. They don't want sessions to look messy, but yet learning is so messy. Like when you learn, it's not just like straight line. It's not just getting better, getting better, getting better. You know, like it's, it's like if you had a line, it would be all over the place. Um, so again, but people want want the goalie coaches want to be in control of it. Like that's a big thing. Like I think um, Lee was saying there as well how they should be. They should be involved. Um, sorry, if they had anything about them, they would speak to the goalie coach and say, "Look, I'm not feeling like prepared." But there should be a place where you can co-design. Like that's a big thing in in other sports at the minute, or or good coaches in other sports is that they get the athletes to co-design the sessions, so they can they can see what they feel like they need, and that and the goalkeeper coach can see what he thinks they need, and they come together and they can they can design like a bit like a like. Something that, even if it's just from a psychological point of view, like you feel as if you're getting what you need, mm. and the goalie coach thinks you're getting what he thinks you need. Um, but again, we can talk talk more uh, about like the session. Thing is, it's like it's it's probably risky doing it because you could, if you're a first choice goalie, you could just do their session with them and outperform the second choice goalie all the time to, just to keep your nose in front type of thing. Whereas if you start seeing that I'm weak, this. And then you sort of highlight your own flaws, and you start, and that the second goalie might outperform you in a in an exercise or something like that. And you think, oh god, I'm nowhere. It's all about your position at the club, isn't it? If you're uh, number one goalie who's been there for two years and got a, has had a really good career, then I think you've got a lot more say. 
But if you're just in the door and you're a young goalie playing, you, I get it, why? You cannot say anything. But at the same time, if you just do what the goalie coach tells you to, you're not prepared and then you don't do as well. And there's a lot of goalies that's been dropped, isn't there? Mm-hmm. It's uh, Well, I would say that, like how top goalies now, you get like, a, don't want to mention names, but like a David De Gea, he was probably a better goalie at 22 than 32. And you just think... How does that I ever know, happen? Why like, has that happened? You should improve at every part of your game, but it's um, some people look at 17-year-old goalies, 18-year-old goalies, and think that's the finished article, and they're just going to get better by playing games with experience. But you can improve at 35, never mind 17, 18. Over the years, goalies, goalies generally, maybe they hit not to the extent, but goalies generally got better as they got older, and that was usually because they played more games and they saw more experiences. Uh, sorry, the, the same... Uh, Got more, more situations, mm. didn't they? Um, so our idea is to like, and and like like we were saying earlier, there's some good coaches doing it now. But is try to bring in situations to to training, bringing slices of games um, into training, so you're learning from from situations as opposed to like repetition of one technique, which is going to differ depending on the situation and also on the on each goalkeeper. What do you what do you think has been like? The, the the biggest barriers we've faced? Coaches, like, no doubt. Outfield? Goalie coaches. <laughs> Fellow GK Union. GK Union, you're members. a big fan of that, aren't you? you? Yeah, it's a myth. It's my <laughs> thing. It's, it's a myth. I always, I've always said that. There is no GK Union, really, is there? Especially in social media. Well, on social media, but like you say, goalkeepers, isn't it? Um, you kind of have a union when you're competing against people and competing against them. Um, other goalies, can you? So I think it is. It's, it'd be nice. It's a nice thought to have, but I definitely didn't come across it when I played. I was friends with some goalies, fellow goalies, but wouldn't say there was like a union there. They're supporting each other in that. It's more like doggy dog in it. What's some of the things that's come up from other coaches? What would you say? Don't work with them. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just social media goalies. Um, Somebody said they've never played a game between them or something, wasn't it? I think what I've learned the most is that a, from doing this, a, a goalie coach would rather his goalie didn't improve than improve working with us or maybe anyone else as well. I think there's a lot of insecurity as well in, in goalkeeper coaching and stuff. And like we had the one with a guy from Gillingham years ago and the the goalie coach went, finally obviously went with a goalie to the manager to say, I want to bring in these lads because this, this goalie struggled with his distribution. And the goalie says, the goalie, uh, the manager says to the goalie coach, "What the f- am I paying you for?" <laughs> and it's just like it's um, it it sums it up. So you can see why they might be a bit worried because they have to justify to the chief executive, to the manager, that they're bringing in somebody who to do something that they can't. But it is it's sad, like whether it's the, whether training gloves, we got opposition there, but the way we work, and of course, I think the social media side, people don't like that. We've got a big platform, and uh, you can influence people. So I think. There's a massive amount of resentment, and most of it is from goalie coaches, and they obviously have a massive influence on their goalies. Um, goalies who will train the way the we'll way want them to train. Remember, a certain club, um, a lot of their goalies came to us to train, and then I think the club knew that they were training with us because we'd be getting them to do things like making it look easy, doing it all where staying on your feet, and um, I think people know, but. It's, um, I think a lot of people will know our know our goalies because they they all uh, play in a certain way and because we push we push a lot of like um, 
how every goalkeeper's an individual. They'll all have their own their own kind of style for doing things. Like everything that they'll do, um, they'll have their own variation of doing it. And we're never like promote just one way. Like you must do it this way. But goalkeeper coaches are still doing that, aren't they? Like it's still like pushing that you have to do it this way. Whereas you will get that if you only do drills that have only got one sort of one way of, of completing them. Whereas our training's all about like like an open environment and multiple problems or even the same problem but trying to let goalkeepers find out their own solutions for it so then you find like individual characteristics and you find out like certain goalkeepers are better suited for certain things or, or they have a different way of solving the problem isn't it so we like encourage goalkeepers to find what works for them but then they go back to the clubs and the clubs are telling them they have to do it this way isn't it yeah I think with me and when I played the only decision I ever had to make well when I was when I in my training, the only decision making I ever had to make would be punch or catch or parry or catch. That's the only decision. Whereas with our our training, it's like there's so many things that could happen in that. So it just prepares you for a game where you've got all those different outcomes and your decision making. That's again when you talk about what's the best goalies in the world. Yeah, it's men- mentally, physically, and stuff like that. But like you say that. <laughs> I don't know which part it comes into, but decision making, you'd say that's absolutely massive part of it. Oh, and make the right decisions in difficult times under pressure. And I think that's, um, you've got to have massive respect for them. And some of these came from from goalkeeper coaches who you know aren't doing that type of training and training, though, isn't it? I know. So, like, that just proves, like, there's some goalkeepers who are just a lot better at, problems, at solving problems than others because they don't even work on it in training. So, it's not like you can look at the ones who are the best in the world and say, well, what what's their goalkeeper coach doing? All right, we need to do more of that, isn't it? And that's the kind of thing that you're still stuck in with goalkeeping is like, like Sean said previously, let's have a look at the top goalkeeper coach in, in the country. What are they doing? Right, OK, let's just do that. But then it's got absolutely no transfer there or very little transfer to a, well, to a man. Yeah, I, must, I probably just thought throughout my career because I was at the best club in Scotland and... They have this, you think it's the best goalie coaches, but we had a goalie coach there, and his was just the same, same Monday, same Tuesday, same Thursday, same Friday, exactly the same sessions. You knew what was coming. You would never get a volley instead of a half volley. You would never get a half volley instead. Of, it would you would know everything that's coming, and I just thought, oh, well, that's just goalkeeper training, and it was like I got into such bad habits from that. And but this was a goalie coach who was meant to be. I think it was the Scotland national <coughs> team at the time. And uh, Rangers, so you just think that's going to be the best coach. And so, but now I look back and I would do everything I would ever do is the complete opposite to what I did with him. So it's. Um, you see so much, like, I think you would call it like training to train. When that type of training, you're training just to get better at training, aren't yeah. you? Whereas we train to perform because the training replicates performance. That training makes you look good, whereas our training makes you be good. Well, it's like the the big thing is is like our training. It's, it has like key information that you're going to see on a match day in training. So you you you're not trying to memorize a pattern of of like you're not memorizing this sequence of movements. It's like recognizing certain cues, certain bits of information that give you a hint to like what could happen, um, and that's what improves decision making. Um, it's not from like memory. It's from literally like understanding what potentially could happen and depending on this situation based on like body shapes, plays in front, how the ball's travelling, 
all these little things have to be present in training. And I think that's why we get a lot of opposition from goalie coaches because they're not doing that. Uh, and it's almost just like, this is this is right what we're doing because this is what we've, we either know or we've been taught. That's oh, right. <laughs> we obviously got, remember we did a video and it was, it was uh, the volley one. Oh uh, yeah. It was like what a lot of goalie coaches would think. And of course you don't want to offend anybody, but it is true, isn't it? It's like, if that was if that was training, uh, if that was a game, what happens in training? Then this is what would happen. So I know, I like, what I always find man is like, how how could they be that offended by it? Like, it literally really offended people, didn't it? Right. Like, oh, people like, absolutely hate it. We've had so much abuse about it in coaches through players letting us know that they hated what we did. But then we get some real top goalie coaches around the world messaging, going, "Oh, that was great. <laughs> I would love to see it." But unfortunately, I got used to that. And then I had some striker who was clever and moved the ball and give us the eyes and put it in the other corner. That's what that's what you get in a game. So it just seems a bit strange why you would. But it's like the same with putting the ball on a cone. Um, it's not to move the ball. It's it's for people who can't get under the ball. Maybe an older guy who can't kick under the ball and get any height. So they kick it off a cone and the ball comes in absolutely perfect for you. But when they're doing it at such a top level people do get influenced and think that's what you should be doing no they'll be, be copying that oh yeah and not knowing why it's done like uh, when you go back to the volley video as well like who was it who was done with to be an eye opener for people you thought like that would be the way of like actually I like it doesn't make sense like why why, why are we doing that you know like the, all these things that's happening prior to stuff is more important and then like say it wasn't it wasn't like something to you're not insulting somebody specifically. You're not you're not insulting anyone, you're just saying like this is what it looks like. Imagine it's if not you, like it's their invented uh, I, training and we're criticized. They're just copying off what they're probably doing the training that they their coach I, give them. So just don't don't take it personal. It's like you haven't come up with this volley uh, service and you're getting criticised for it but they're like and if you are going to do volleys just use the training gloves and it makes <laughs> it more interesting the, the, like the protected like it's like it's the the core of goalkeeping like they'll they'll say well I, I use them but only for five minutes in a warm up it's like well could you not do something else in that warm can you not is that is that the only way you can do that like why why do you do it why, like what does it come down to like if you really, really look at it, what is the need of it? I know. People say to warm your hands or to do this, do that, but like you can do so many other things that have actually used the warm up as a way of working on something. We use crossing a lot, don't we? For, for warm up, uh, like just because you get so much out of it. Everything's in it, isn't it? And you can do it started on a pause and then move on to the main part of the crossing session you can do with opposition. I think that's why, like, when we go back to like the, the, um, the biggest barriers, like from coaches, it's like, because you just got such a different way of thinking, like we've got such a different way of thinking, how the game's played and how you should prepare for it, that it becomes offensive, like they become offended that we don't think the same as them. And then if we get people who want to come to us, they, it's even more like offensive, isn't it? Because they're like, they feel as, like you say, it's like an insecurity thing of like, I can't, I can't give them what they're like, what they're needing. Or, or, or not even that, it's like, you don't need that. What do you need that for? I remember a few years ago, and uh, Chesney from Juventus message telling us how what he wants to add to his game and how he wants help with his distribution. 
and I thought it was like the most amazing story it could have been. Like Ronaldo was there at the time. He wanted advice on what was it? Um disguising a ball from the deck and short, short, short run. Right. And we saw that he sent us slow motions <coughs> on it, didn't he? And we saw things that you could improve it so much. Um and it could have been an amazing story. But we had the game picked and everything, didn't we? Right. He's gonna let us go and watch a game and then come to training for the training. I mean, we had our um I think I was I was away for me my wife's birthday and I was ready to just come straight home and <laughs> pack me bags for the for the two days in advance. And then the last minute. No, I was just he just he just ghosted us. Still, right. still like, to this still, day. Still <laughs> <laughs> not getting back. If, if you're watching that, this, <laughs> please just get let in touch. Us <laughs> what, what did we do? Boy check, joke. what did we do? Yeah. <laughs> and uh But it could have been was, you don't wanna uh, no positives to it really, but like I think at the time Chesney was probably one of the best three or four in the world. He was doing amazing. And I think adding that to his game could have got him to be the number one. I think since two thousand eighteen, I don't think he's um He's definitely not the goalie that he was thought of back then. So I just think it could have been a brilliant one. But it's just, but it's obviously a, a coach that doesn't want, he's obviously asked permission from the coach and they want <laughs> us nowhere near. Ah, that was it, it wasn't it? He says, oh, this, is, this is what the, the manager wants us to do. Um, this is how, this is what I'm doing at the minute. Um, I'll speak to the coach and we'll, we'll organise coming in for the, for the training on the Monday and then we'll go watch a game on the Tuesday. And then it just flatlined. Ah, killed us. But then again, if that happened, what chances would have people known about that happening? Nah, it's you know, like totally private, isn't it? I like he's not gonna. He wasn't gonna go go out and tell everyone. And Juventus definitely weren't gonna be doing that. And but with that, well, like say we've had that, which was massively high profile. But then you get we put a lad into a Premier League club, and um, a couple of years ago, and he got a lot of a, oh, like, yeah. he was not bullied, but he got a really really difficult time from him. And it was because of his association with us. Um, but we've added so many young goalies who've ended up getting almost bullied at their clubs because they've been working with us. And Sometimes the t-shirts. Somebody wore a t-shirt in there at a camp or something and the guy was, one of the goalie coaches kicking off saying about wearing that. I know. That was just, it's just, it's so just sad. Especially when we're all there. We're, uh, the reason why we've started this is for the mental health side of goalkeeping and helping them avoid spending 95% of their career depressed like I did and miserable. So like, we've started for the right reasons. We want to help as many. It's not about selling. It's about helping these goalies, making goalie more, making the goalkeeping position more like uh, inspiring and making more kids want to do it rather than just putting the, the biggest guy in. So I think we've, everything's, it's all the right reasons to to make a difference, and uh, but having this opposition just makes it makes us want to fight more. But it's, it's really really difficult as well, isn't it? What's funny is, what I always think is, <coughs> we're not once of whatever says you must do this. I like that's the best thing. Like I think we've always just said like, find whatever works best for you, or like we've never said anything's black and white. Yet we'll have more opposition than anyone. And all the other coaches are telling you you must do this. Never cross your feet. Never f- face your own goal. Never do this. Never do that. And we're like more like free flowing and like just all about fluidity and find your own way. And we get more opposition than anyone. Right. We so take things from other sports, don't we? Like I've done about like the one about the spin the way. It's about protecting the ball. Um, and it's took from basketball, really, and it? it's similar to really similar to basketball. But we're doing rugby, Gaelic, Gaelic football, and stuff. Right. Um, but it's, it's it's because people don't 
I think people don't really understand the movement aspect of things as, as clearly as they do. Like, um, like your spin is a repercussion because when you when you go to across, you rotate. You, you, you rotate the body to face the ball, and then you just follow momentum. But then, like like see, a natural probably instinct is to if somebody's trying to get the ball off you is to protect the ball. So you land and you turn and you, you secure the ball and you see that in basketball. Um, like say Gaelic, uh, rugby, Gaelic football, they do it. Um, but again, it's just being open-minded. I think like that's <laughs> that should be your biggest strength as a coach to be open-minded. But yet so many people are st- so closed off and just want to, they're waiting for the guy at the top to be mm-hmm. open-minded. Well, no, and then all of a sudden... You do some, you see some great stuff now, don't you? Oh yeah, some, there's some really good. Coaches. It's not always yeah. at the highest level. A lot of it's the low level. Aye, but you see some really good stuff. People trying to do the right things, and it's great to see. And it's um, obviously the games changed that much. Like see some of the stuff that I think would be amazing time to be a goalie now. I think the best time you you almost like an outfield player, but as a goalie as well. Whereas when I played, it was just a goalie. When I took a goal kick, there was nobody there for sixty yards. Whereas now. You've got two lads standing next to you, and I think it's it's an ex- really exciting way to play. And um, I would love to have been involved in that. And so you see, like some of the goalies almost coming to the edge of the box with a foot on the ball, two good strikers nearby, and then it's um, I think it's a really exciting way to play a goal in goal now. So it's um, and that's it's tough. I can imagine it's it's tough for 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 you to see as well like as much as you're impacting the younger goalkeepers and stuff we're trying to like help them and learn from your own career but like you just being just 10 years too early nah. and yeah, like, oh, I felt as though I had 11 or 12 all I wanted to do is catch crosses and run out and dribble with the ball and it's um would have been a mate but like when I played it was a time when nobody cared about anything like that they were just it was all about just it was an old school type of thing so definitely missed the boat but now I want to use all of this to to help as many goalies as possible. And I think we've had an amazing impact on so many. It's not always appreciated, of course, but I think we've, like, see, we've changed a lot of people's lives through doing this already. And and obviously a lot of it's doing the complete opposite of what you've saw me do and obviously what I've done. So I think it's it's a it's a brilliant way to be, isn't it? And learned so much from all these experiences. It's a bit of like a thankless job what we're doing because we're like, a lot of the time we can't talk about it. The players that we work with can't talk about it. But we'll continue to do it because it's like bringing across, bringing up better goalies, more exciting goalies. Like from a selfish point of view, we're, we're creating like I think better goalies to watch as well. What was what was kind of like the best advice you got from a goal goalkeeper coach when you played? Like whether um, it was on the back of a game or or just leading up to games or anything like that. And that's it's hard because I was played obviously for fifteen years at all these goalie coaches. But um, there was one goalie coach at Wraith, I remember pointed something tiny out about, I think it was being on the front foot more. Um, but apart from that, there was absolutely nothing, even obviously being at good clubs um, like Rangers, I never got any, any really advice. And um, It's a bit strange, isn't it? Like the only advice he gets is something that you're already good at. And, uh, like all no, the week, all I the... think it was on the front foot in terms of like uh, shots. Oh, right. I was on my back foot too much, and I was really. And I think you give too much respect to the players, and like, like the lower level you go, the higher you can go out, and you don't have to worry about the curl or chipped and that. But I was like staying back and all that. So I think, but um, I, there was there wasn't much at all really that I would um, 
everything we say now is what we've learned through through this and watching goalies and watching my career. And um, I remember like Sean Mark pointed out something about being too in a wrong position for a cutback or something, and oh, yeah. I didn't want to know. Oh, no, got like beat by a goal against Rangers, came too far down the line, he, he's cut it back, and that was me thinking you're being positive, but it was just a position where you were out of position, that, and then I turned back in and scored at the knee post, so it was like, but you didn't want to know, I didn't want to, I was, I didn't want to know about all these oh, no, like bad I, parts I, of my game. I text you and it wasn't like taken the wrong way, because I was, because I noticed it, and it, I don't know if it happened twice or something, but obviously you've just come off the back of a defeat on telly, <coughs> and I've pointed out something that you've done, and obviously you you don't want to know oh, at no. that time. But it shouldn't be for me to say something, shouldn't it? it like it should be <coughs> that should have been happening in training, to the point where the goalkeeper coach finds another way to do it. Like that's what I love about our training. There's, I think the like, goalie coach was me at the time. Like oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> talk about designing sessions. Was he was play, doing them. <laughs> play a goalie coach. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you telling us to do that? Because you told us to do that. Like just on the on the back of that though, as well as like experience for for you and me as coaches now, as well as like how important is the timing that you deliver things. So like mm-hmm. you were seeing something in your, in in Lee's game that you and obviously would care a lot, and you you think you're doing the right thing by telling them there and then. But I think I was so like, proud though. Like it could have said at any time, and I would have took the hoof. Whereas now our job's to say to people like, "This is what you're not good at. This is what you're struggling with." Whereas, and if they don't want to take it, then it's up to them. But for me, it was just like, it was like fragile. You just don't. Wanna, I never ever had it. Oh, you could have been. It was really you look at my game, and I was I had so many holes in it and so many bad parts of it. So like, what? Did, so what did you think of like you know when you if you made a mistake or anything like that? Did you just think it was it was just like a, just a one-off? That it was just it, like hoping when you watch the video that. Probably could have got away without getting blamed. Whereas now what we've learned doing the way we train now, whether it's one-on-ones, I used to think it was 99% chance for the player and 1% for me. So I was like, well, if he scores, it's absolutely fine. But Well, not fine, but I'm not expected to save it. I was just hoping that it would hit us or something. And um, But of course, now since we've learned what we've learned through uh, working with Miguel and um, all the 1v1 stuff you have done, I just think like... It's a 50-50 1v1. You can make it even more in your favour. So, uh, But um, that was more of a case of just hoping that you don't get the blame or somebody doesn't see something. Whereas I could look at all the goals I let in and think, flipping it, maybe 60-70% of them, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that. And I, I think that'd be quite interesting, like, see, like, what, what your kind of Monday to Friday was like after a game on a Saturday. Just say, for example, you had a game on a Saturday, um, and at the time, you might have thought that you were at fault for something. What would your Monday at Friday be like leading up the next game? Um, Back then, what what was it actually like? If it was a if you had a goalie coach, it would just be the same. It wouldn't be a case. Oh, do you want to work on that because you struggled with it? It's just same Monday at Friday after a game. And then from you, like, would you? And then you take that mistake into the next game, and then it's crazy. So you wouldn't even. Like you say, just knowing now, you would obviously do things differently. But back then, it was just a matter of like again putting the trust in the goalie coach to like. I know, but it's obviously taking responsibility in it yourself. But I don't know. I was just like hoping that it just doesn't happen again, really, in it, rather than actually thinking, right, that's happened, so I'm going to work on it. Great chance, I've got away with it. I'm playing the next game. 
let's give yourself the best chance next game of it not happening. That's it. That that's all I wanted to get across is like how many people would have been like that, like just doing the exact same thing as what you did. Like you you have a not a there's something on a weekend that happens what you, you maybe could have prevented or whatever. Um, but how many people would just hope it doesn't happen again and just like go back to go back to normal on the Monday? I know. Um, I think it's just. Like you see, it's obviously taking accountability, but back then you didn't, you didn't really either know that or want that at the time. But there'll be loads of people in that same, same type of board. When I think about my career, you just think, what were you thinking at the time? Not just when you, not when you make mistakes. I just mean like, not going and working on these things and learning from stuff. And um, I say I made a mistake, and you just wanted the ground to swallow you. So instead of thinking, right, it's gone, I'm going to learn from it, I'm going to get next week, put it one side, finish the game, and then learn from it next week. But it was um, obviously, every. I just think I did everything the complete opposite way of what we would tell goalies now. That's what I mean, that's, a, that's the whole point I was trying to get at, just like basically learning from, you have learned from that, those experiences now of like what goalie, goalies should be doing. So... I just wanted to, like for people to hear that of of like they've probably been through that and never even thought of like I should be taking taking a bit of responsibility myself here. Well, no, that's it. Like we always say, the only thing you can control as a goalie is how you prepare for a, for a game on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever, whenever you're playing. Um, that's all you're in control of, and everything else will take care of itself. So, obviously, for me, the, my preparation was like ten percent of what it should be. So I went into games every week thinking, oh, I didn't do this right, I didn't do, I didn't eat right, I should have done more on my left foot, I should have done more training here and there. So it's um things like that is um I think so basic, but you're in control of it. And, uh, you, when I when I when I went to games I used to think, Oh crap, I'm gonna have a bad game because of You were doing things extra though, like especially after we set the page up when you're like you were doing you were doing videos for the page with your teammates up there when me and Mark went there. So you were doing extra bits that you thought would help and you're trying to improve uh, your handling and your resilience against uh, like fighting mistakes by putting outfield players' gloves on. No, no. Um, I didn't do it as much that year. The, the time that I started doing that more was like the last year of my career, so maybe the last five months. Um, so that was a bit frustrating that way. Um, Still like an amazing invention, like from what it's like, to what it's come now. Oh, no, the, I wish I, if I, I think if I'd wore the training gloves throughout my career, it might have got us to a much, much better level and made us realize that I did struggle at certain because a lot of people say about the gloves, don't they? Like they feel like my coach, yeah, kind of get away with things when you wear them because if, you, if you're not 100% perfect and concentrating, it's almost impossible to catch the ball. So when you do catch it, you know that you are putting everything into it. Do you start wearing that? Because it was like, you wouldn't drop a ball all session, would you? And it was just so easy, you thought like... It wasn't even about dropping a ball, it was the fact that I'd get into terrible habits. Yeah, like, because at the very least, wearing slippy gloves will like, improve your concentration and focus on it. Like, right. you can't just sort of... They can make like, you look really, really bad. So if you don't want to look bad, you've got to focus 100%, don't you? And the first four months I was there, I remember it was the best four months of my career, um, consistency-wise. Um, and I was, wear I was wearing them a lot before games as well mm -hmm. as the warm-up. So obviously you've got a little bit of a crowd there and fans don't want to be seeing you dropping balls before a game. So it was quite good for that. Um, 
but it was more like the f the last few weeks of my best spell that I would say I wore them. So, if the training was staying the same, like what ways did you make it more difficult for yourself? So, of course, like we, I used to think bare hands would be a good way to make it more difficult, but I found out like bare hands was easier than wearing gloves, especially in the dry because you've got the feel and you've got grip. Obviously, in the wet, it's a totally different story because. I think it's the best waterproof material ever, the skin. But dangerous, uh, dangerous though. <laughs> aye, and bare hands, you've got no protection. But I think that's why I did have good handling, because when I, when I was young, maybe 13, 12, 13, 14, I always used to do bare hand training at my boys' club and that. So, But it wasn't really difficult. It was just obviously toughens your hands up. I think it's a, it is a good thing to do, but of course you've, you have to be careful. But then... Um, I think like 2016, I start wearing these players' gloves because I thought that would be good because they're thin, but they're also no grip really. So, um, but they did have a little bit. Obviously, players needed for throwings, so I think they had a little bit of grip. So it, it was good. And I remember the other goalie was a really talented goalie. To work with he, he used to always want to try them as well, and um, I think it helped them loads. Um, but of course, it wasn't. It was more about the feel. You could get a good feel on it rather than being um, difficult. So what, what what kind of down, downsides were there to like a, a thin player's gloves? Uh, just there's a little bit more grip and um, you could feel it too. Like you could, you don't get goalie gloves that are that thin, so you don't get that transition really. It's um, it was obviously not loads of protection neither. Um, there's not nothing for punching and everything, but and then the wet probably as well. Like when it when when you like you up in Scotland at the time, so the weather wasn't always great. So obviously when it was soaking. It wasn't really a great choice either, was it? I know. I think, like looking for something more difficult is it's more for the dry weather, isn't it? When in the dry, you could get a bit like bare hands, easy. Everything's easy, um, but it's more um, preparing you for the wet weather, for the wet, for games, and you know, like that's why you need we needed to bring something out because I think a lot of goalies have massive anxiety over playing in the wet weather <laughs> with a with a brand new ball. Um, I always say about that story about the the guy from Kilmarnock, he used to, first minute of the game, he used to kick the ball out the stadium and the kit man would throw on a, because um, you have to start the game with a brand new ball. So he'd kick it out the stadium and then the first, the kit man would roll on like an old <laughs> ball that's rougher and dull. Aye, dull. And he, did he always manage to get out the stadium? I think so, aye. First couple, <laughs> it was in the first minute. But um, aye, the players' gloves, it was, um, they were good. It was, kept your hands warm for training that, but, it was um, obviously it wasn't a brilliant thing for improving. What else did you try then? Um, it was the the year after because I went between them and just thin goalkeeper gloves. Um, and the year after, um, I started or the, maybe a year and a half, started to wear the the match gloves, but with like the the filamon. So it was like you got that. So you got the film. Um, it just makes it slippy. It's still not as slippy as um, obviously the training gloves, but it was uh, it made it harder. So I was just trying to look for ways to make things. But then you got 15 minutes of the session, and then the pla no matter how hard it is to get off with your fingers, it comes off easy in a goalkeeper session. So that didn't work. Did did you find anything else? Did you try anything else? Just um, there was a glove that was like for another sport, and it was quite slippy. So the last I don't know what it was maybe the last. Um, I think it might have been too late. I think I'd stopped playing games by then. So, But I still wanted to make training more difficult. I didn't know I was going to not play anymore because at the time I was just, I wasn't saying, oh, 32, I'm retired. It was more like 
Um, it was a it was a crap last few months at the club that I finished at. So, but I was training and I wanted to make things more difficult. So, um, so I found this glove that's like slippy. It wasn't even for wasn't for football. It was from a totally different sport. But um, it, it it did a job and it made us focus a bit more. But of course, we we really wanted about a year later we wanted to develop our own and bring out something that's um, it's perfect. And we finally got our first glove out, called it the, the, the modern day GK handling glove, wasn't it? Um, it was a super slippery glove, um, but it was really thin still. Um, and it just... Well, it, it definitely wasn't perfect, was not, it? But it was a good starter. And was a re- I was, it was a really good starter, because you start to see what kind of benefits people could get from training this way, like training with this super slippery palm. Um, but... I think with you being really like really aware of um what do you say like kinda you get some people in, in football who couldn't care less what boots they were, what size they were. Um same with gloves. Some people would just wear a glove, happy to wear any glove. Um whereas you were a little bit more like switched on to how it felt on your hand and um same with boots, you always used to wear super thin boots, didn't you? Like because you could feel the ball better. Um, so you you found like the transfer still wasn't perfect, was it? Going from that original one that we made to, no, to, to a match love. It was more the fact that like the materials weren't brilliant in that. And of course you need a, we always thought you needed a thicker palm so you get the transition. So, um, but it was, it was good and did it did really well. People loved it, and it was something so different. So it's crazy durable as well, isn't it? Like people are still, some people have still got that and using it now. Well, I should maybe go back and buy some of them. <laughs> but that was why we started making it our own, wasn't it? Because um, you found that one in that sports shop, you were wearing that, and it was it was good. But you wanted something thicker, so that's why we started uh, looking for suppliers to try to make our own. Thicker palm just to make it more uh, transferable t- between a goalie glove and the training glove. So that's when we came up with the first iteration of the modern day GK handling glove. Um, we start using that and we sold that for uh, six months or something, wasn't it? Right. So, Done amazing, it was, didn't it? Like, but it still wasn't what we wanted. Dad, no, it's sort of you, you were very conscious you had something different on your hand. It offered no protection. It had the slip, but it still wasn't the same um, sort of characteristics as a as a goalie glove, um, but without the without the grip. Um, so we then got in touch with a guy that you met in um, in America, who said he had a factory that we could we could um, have oh, yeah, our we own. Sent, we sent it to him first. He said, "Oh, it's genius. Loved the idea. Bought into it, and he had his own factory apparently." So. Um, I thought it was a great fit. He already had his own glove brand, but I thought it would be a good... The fact that he just thought it was an amazing idea, um, we thought it would be a good one to work with, didn't we? So obviously we started um, that company and it was, yeah. uh, the glove did really well, didn't it? So uh, so we um, we formed Zero with a guy in America who, like I say, he said he had his own factory and uh, we put a, a better backhand on it. It, had, it was a strapless goalkeeper-looking glove Loads of silicon printing on the back, probably too much. It made it like a, like a rubber glove, didn't it? Like it made yeah. it like not very mobile and flexible. Um, with the that same slippy palm on, 
They did really well. Um, but then things sort of took a turn when he sort of started trying to take ownership of Lee's like amazing idea. Um, he said it was sort of like half his invention, even though he just put a backhand on it, helped design the backhand or helped design the name of the brand. Um, so I thought, right, we need to, we need to nip this in the bud and, and do our own thing. So when we split up with uh, our partner, our so-called partner in, in America, who tried to sort of take the idea of his own, um, we, we thought we'd, we'd start our own brand, just us three. Uh, would create the name, would create the design of the gloves, where the glove was made, everything would be ours, um, make it perfect, because we're all like perfectionists with the, uh, the fit and stuff of the glove. So that's when we created Voss. Um, Voss, if anyone didn't know, Voss means you in Latin. Um, and it's, it's sort of, it means that it's, it's you doing the, the work. It's not, you're not relying on any latex, obviously, because it's a, it's a gripless glove. Um, it's you who's doing everything. And then you've got the logo, which not many people know, but it's um, not only is it a V, but it's, it's, this, is, this is Lee's silhouette. Uh, arching back for a ball, catching a ball, so it's like uh, it works. It works in both ways, which is really good, actually. Um, aye. Sean came up with the name. Yeah. So and the logo. I know. So I'm, I'm quite proud of that because it, it, it sounds good. I think like a little short name like Voss, and it means something, and the logo means something. So, so yeah, we created this, <coughs> and um, it's just a massive improvement on on zero, isn't it? Massive. No, it's uh, ours and. It's um. I see, we didn't have much control there because somebody was there and we um doing it all. So I think now it's everything's everything's from us and what we want it to be to be the perfect glove. And now it's hard. It's hard to find something to obviously put a strap on the latest one, but it's hard to find something to make it better in it. So it's um. So the idea is to to wear the gloves, but make you sort of make your brain think that you're wearing a normal goalie glove, isn't it? Because if if you start getting conscious of the fact that you've got this really thin glove on, you're gonna treat it differently to when you wear your goalkeeper glove. So, if you get a glove that's very very similar feeling to your match glove, you'll always carry that focus and the concentration of it, no matter what you're wearing, because you'll think, oh, I've still got these on, or I've got the gripless on, or I haven't got the the grip ones on. Because everyone's obviously seen them on our videos and the the guys using through the full training session, but that's because they're working with us and they're using it, so they've got the 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 sort of support to feel safe environment. Isn't it? It's a really safe environment, so they can they can do that. Whereas what we're finding a lot in is there's a lot of coaches discouraging goalies from wearing it, because um, some of them just don't believe in it or, or don't even want to give it a chance. But it's that perception of goalkeeper training again of like everything has to look tidy, everything has to look like really clean, and um, so if people are dropping the ball, it means they're not learning when it's complete opposite. Like learn learn through failure um so like also i just want to touch on in terms of the idea of bringing them out originally like when you first wanted a uh, slippy glove to make training it was just to make training harder wasn't it It was like it was a thing of probably you're thinking just concentration it's going to make you like concentrate more which will make no, you also giving you a bit more confidence when you catch one whereas when you're uh, catching a, a grippy glove on a dry ball can't give you any confidence because anybody could do it. Well, you know, them. when you very first brought, well, very first training them, was that a thought, like confidence, or was it just make training harder? I just make just, training harder. Uh, it was, I think it was a bit as well to, I think when I look back, it was a bit to like 
show the other goalies there like I don't need match gloves as well. It's like when people say about confidence and losing confidence from them. For me, I think I gained loads of confidence from using them. That's good. That's really good to hear. And like, um, so in, in terms of like bringing them out, it was make training harder. But then because of that, there was all these repercussions that we probably didn't benefit. Sorry, that we probably didn't find out until more people were using the glove and were asking for reviews. Um, I mean, there's people who have who've stopped using tape on the on the fingers and wrists. Um, That's massive, that. Cause I like, less thing between you and the ball as well. So. And also, like from a psychological point of view, like people feel scared of like getting hurt in games, so they're taping the fingers for extra support to take that away. Like that's a huge one. So we're not saying we're never gonna say like it's a it's gonna prevent injury or it's gonna do that, but it's been a recurring thing of like people seeing that. Um, and obviously, in theory, it's down to like if you've if you've got a slippy surface like this, then you've got to apply a little bit more pressure through the through the gloves. Yeah, what it is about the the forearms, don't they? I see. So you've got to you've got to grip a little bit harder on contact. Um, so you're going to strengthen like strengthen your hands, strengthen your fingers, strengthen your forearms, strengthen your wrist. So that has benefits themselves. Like that's a huge benefit to be able to. to to give that to goalies, um, what are the type of things that people have, have messed with? Even changing the way that people play, like that's one of, that was mental when people were saying like it's making us want to come for crosses more, mm -hmm. catch more, catch more, come for crosses, be more proactive, and like especially when catching is a thing now where it's probably the thing you see least. We see most in a session doing the volleys and half volleys, but in a game, if you see a goalie catch the ball now, it's almost like a surprise. <laughs> So like it's something where that's why it's when anyone says that they're not needed or whatever, it's like, well, why doesn't why does nobody catch a ball in a game anymore? Uh, but and by and, and it just happens to be that the goalies we work with have some of the best handling crossing, in, in games. Crossing and handling, aye. Aye. So it's like the proof's there, like all these reviews that we're getting people leaving feedback like that. But then when you see it, like say say for example, Pat, Pat's probably wore them the most out of every goalie, hasn't he, for the longest. And Pat has got the best hand handling about, hasn't he? I know. Well, it's like, um, for us, the best Premier League goalie, isn't it? Aye. He's wore our training gloves, whichever version it's been. He's wore our training gloves for the last two and a half years. And he's, the, for us, the only Premier League goalie that catches balls cleanly, consistently, isn't it? So... And then you get, but then you get a goalie coach of I don't know some Premier League clubs under twelves saying, "Oh, they're they're bad and they they give you bad habits." So it's like, and it's amazing now. I, I know who I'd listen to anyway in terms of it. So I always remember when uh, when I went to Mexico was a couple of years ago, and uh, to meet Campos and and Pat went to train with the team while he was out there, and uh, Lee was. Lee was a day late coming out, so me and Pat went out late. But Lee had Pat's gloves, match gloves, and all Pat had was his his training gloves. So he'd done the full session, and he's in in the slippy slippy training gloves. But he might have only dropped one ball, and it was just because he was purely honest. Like he had to be honest. Like he, he's like he couldn't take his eye off the ball. It's like a game. I like it's like a game in match gloves. You cannot be. You've got to be a hundred percent focused and to get through it. So, like, when you're using them, if you're not at it, 
you're going to look really silly, aren't you? So I think it's um, I just, a massive challenge. I, I remember after the session as well, like they were all sitting around and stuff and the other goalies, like they hadn't seen Pat's gloves before and they're like, they both picked it up and they were like, and they put them on and they were trying to catch the ball and they were just throwing the ball and they were dropping the ball to each other. So like straight away, when when you've experienced it, when you've seen somebody not even realising that they've got them tight gloves on, you think, like you were saying, that would ruin your confidence, wouldn't it? The best it? compliment like, anyone could ever give you is that you've wore them for the full session and they didn't realise. That's what I always say, that if you can get to that level, but of course you're not going to get that at the start, you've got to build it up and it takes a long time, a lot of practice on your own. Uh, I like So that would be a good thing, although we'll make a guide, um, we can talk a little bit of like a how to how to use them, like here, so like... If you got them for the first time without knowing anything about them, um, how would you use them yourself? I think you just, first you can just get a ball and just feel how difficult it is. And, and you'll think, because a lot of people can't even pick a ball off the floor initially. So I think it's just getting a good feel of the ball, realising how difficult it is. But of course you would want to do everything. You wouldn't, you, want to go, you wouldn't want to use them for the first time in front of your, your goalie coach. You'd want to use, you have to use them in, almost in private. So you don't look bad and and learn, and then you start there, and then you might take them into like the start of your session for the warm up, and then gradually build it in. But you'll never go and wear them for the full session straight away. Um, of course, all of our goalies they will do that, but it's because they've used them so much, and they're so used to them. But initially, you've got to be really, really careful and just use them in a, such a basic way and almost behind closed doors. And that's a good. It's like a build-up thing, and that comes from, comes from the stress, stress, <laughs> comes from the stress of the sessions. Um, when you're using them by yourself, obviously that's the least psychological stress, isn't it? Yeah. To a team training session where it's probably the highest stress because you've got outfield players who don't give a, don't care what you're wearing. They just want you to save the ball, don't they? Uh, if you're making daft mistakes or like not daft mistakes, but you're making mistakes that you wouldn't normally make, um, because you're trying to do things properly still. They're gonna have no patience for that, but that that increases the challenge for you, doesn't it? Like you're going into training sessions with that, knowing that you're gonna get bollocked off a. Off well, a once you get to that level where you feel as though you can use the training gloves in a full session with the with the players in games, it's almost replicating a bit of pressure, like you're having because if you make a mistake in a game with your gloves on, the fans are gonna be on abusing you. So I think if you make a mistake in a in a training game. With those gloves on, you, you're going to get that from the players as well. So I think it's it is a little. It's a, you have to be really really good to use them, but it's a good way to add some pressure. And um, it's never going to be like a game, but it's uh, you sort of like it's similar similar type of pressure. Just another one of the benefits, isn't it? Like uh, teaching your resilience and uh, making mistakes and just like getting on with it and how to cope with them. Because yeah. you you go through like when we talked about at the start about training in general, it's like. If you're never making a mistake in training, then, but then you're doing a game, you've never experienced making a mistake, and the only time you're making it is in a game. You've got no idea how to how to deal with it, have you? So, it is. It's like the gloves are so powerful for that way, aren't they? Like, I can't really think of a downside at all. Like, we constantly look for feedback from the gloves. You know, like you wanna you wanna hear how people's getting on using them. Um, so and then I, I just keep track of like what people said. So like, here's a here's a list of what some people said. So they've said better handling of shots and crosses and high balls, for greater focus, more adaptable hand positioning, better timing, more control of the parries. So again, like 
that's another big area. Like people think that the the red glove that's going to help you catch him, but even having no latex on the glove just means you've got to manipulate the ball more, more less, effectively. Less friction. Uh, less yeah. friction on the glove, so everything that you do was matters, you know. So timing of timing of contact, timing of like extension of your fingers, flexion, um, that matters so much. Um, again, so some of the other benefits improve grip strength. So people would talk about how at the end of a session or after using them for so long, they would feel like the forearms had been like a, had a workout themselves. Their hands were like um, not sore but like overworked. Um, no longer needing to tape wrists, fingers, thumbs. Um, somebody said about improved distribution from hands as well. So like throwing or trying to side volley, drop kick the ball from from using these just means you've got to concentrate more on on the release um or when you're throwing you've got to, you've got to make sure that you've got a good lock in position isn't it like creating like a vice like um grip um create confidence and then lead not to like playing more positively so especially on crosses um like that's a huge thing isn't it like everybody everybody would love to be good at crosses but not everyone is good at crosses and if these gloves are making you better at crosses um that's that's like unbelievable. I think uh, can deal with mistakes better. Again, like we touched on that, you're gonna make more mistakes from from training these gloves. Um, you've got to see it as a challenge. Um, and then and then we got one the other day that said about like moving the feet more, which I thought was quite good. It just means like people are, are really trying to get in behind the ball to like secure it as much as possible. So not just relying on the hands, they're trying to. Get the body there as close to the ball as possible. Yeah, you can't be lazy, can you? Ah, uh, like you can't reach just reach. Um, I think taking away the bad habits is a massive one, isn't it? Aye, uh, that that would be like yeah, like a like. I think I used to go through full sessions without, especially in the dry course. But I used to go through full session without trying not to look at the ball once. Just trying to do everything hundred mile an hour, sticky gloves. Just it was like. It was, it was terrible, but it's, that's what it made you do, like training that way. There's a few photos in there when you're just catching, like, like you're there. But then I, re- I always remember one of the first times we used the non grips, the, the 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 training gloves. I remember like doing like a close up, and what I noticed, like again, it wasn't intentional, but when you were catching in bare hands, you didn't look at the ball. When you catch in the training glove, your like eyes were open. You were like, I still remember yeah. that. I've done like a like a screenshot between the two, and I thought like. Like that's that's like evidence there, isn't it? Like, well, no, but I just think, imagine what I could have, like, what my what where my career could have went, where even just tr- using them for the for the full for training, and think could have made a massive difference. Obviously, I didn't get the benefit, and all the all the young goalies now have, and I think a lot of people have had a massive benefit so far, aren't they? That's why I'm so passionate about it, though, isn't it? Like, because you you can make a difference to people without even meeting them. Like, like it's been. Unbelievable, hasn't it? Like having this page and like sort of some of the message that we've got from people, how whether it's from using it, using the product, like using the training gloves, or just watching the training and watching the footage, seeing old clips of you play, like um, it's like inspiring, isn't it? And some people have got back playing football again, playing in goal again after a long, long stint out, coming up later in the years, and they, and they want to play football again. So, like, I want to play like positively on the front foot and be fast and make kids think I want to be a goalie instead of I want to be a striker or whatever. So, but um, obviously the gloves are a massive part of everything because it gives you so much confidence and improves your game, improves your mentally, technically, everything in it. So I think it's, um, it's such a massive thing. And obviously we've 
worked with some great uh, people on them so far, and I know that's it. So, like, quick story about that. Should we just say, like, ah, yeah, say, uh, Mark got in touch with a really, really good coach in Barcelona, don't you? You've got a quite a, like a, a nice relationship with him, Javi uh, Ferrando in, in Barcelona. He's the under 19s coach, and he was he's really on board with how we think. And he did he do a first even? Did he? Was that his sort of approach to training before? I've been training it? like a long time, like that, like like similar to to us, like he'd try to replicate things that would happen in a game, but like without knowing the the real science behind it. Um, but obviously now there's been a lot more research within that field and like there's a lot more back into why you do the things that we, we do and they do. So because we had a you had a good relationship with him, he he believed in the gloves as well, didn't he? He wanted to see them for himself. So we had a nice trip to Barcelona. Oh, sorry, how he, you know how he found out about them? He'd, he'd spoke to um, David Ryder's coach. Oh, did he? And he uh, when he was at Brentford, because he, he's good friends with the Brentford goalkeeper coach. So right, so Xavi in Barcelona sported David Ryder's coach, who had been wearing them at Brentford training. He found out about the gloves and he wanted to see them for himself. So we, rather than just posting them, we thought, oh, we'll have to go and meet. <laughs> I'll use it as an excuse to go to Barcelona and meet Xavi. So we took some gloves over for him to look at and to hopefully use in sessions. Um, so we took them over there. And he then gave them straight to uh, um, Bussy, Bussy, didn't he? His, his boss, Sergio Busquets' dad, who's head of goalkeeping in, at, um, at Barcelona. Um, I think he'd heard about them, Busquets' dad, so he was saying, oh, <coughs> I want to try he these. He wanted to try them too. So we give, we're giving them to him. He then passed them to his goalies, but then we stuck around to watch the under-16s under implement the gloves straight away. And like one of the first things we heard, they were using them, and their coach says like, he's he's figured out he's he's made a mistake scoop. then. He's it was a scoop, wasn't it? It was a scoop that he was just sort of killing all the time, wasn't he? And they call it the kill, don't they? Like, or you just just stop the ball and then get on was, it a I second time. Actually, I... And uh, he sort of it solved his own problem because everything was just bouncing out of him when he was trying to just kill the ball in these gloves, and then he sorted his own issue out. He started correcting himself by getting over the top of the ball and, and keeping it safe from the first goal and that was without seeing anything it was just the gloves being in the coach I, forgot, I totally forgot about that that's like that, that is like, huge that isn't it like I know we'll keep, we should mention that more like without us doing anything any education just by using the sessions in a glove the gloves <laughs> in a session <laughs> just by using the gloves in a session without seeing anything goalkeepers are like figured out what they need to do to, to secure the ball that like goes back to like Lee's point saying like how the they're like a coach themselves, aren't they? They'd love. Right. But that, that, that that's like... Arthur, that, Arthur said that. He, he's, um, Arthur's signing at Wolves. He used them for six months of working with us and that was what he said. It was the gloves felt like a coach to him and it's a great point. It's a great a lot thing to start from, isn't it? Uh, kind of, if you kind of train with us, like just get the gloves. Like it's an amazing investment and you'll, you'll, you'll improve loads just from that. Not just handling, but just like your concentration through games and stuff like that. But uh, back to Barcelona, so they were using them in a session and, and, and that happened, so we had amazing feedback, feedback straight away. We showed them to then, we showed them to... Um, Arnau. Arnau Tenas, who's now a PSG. He took it upon him, so like he took it as a challenge that he was going to get the next day at Barca B train and he was going to catch everything in them. So they were used. We got feedback from Javi, didn't they, that they all used them the next oh, now year. I as well. The message, didn't he, saying uh, wearing them and he thought it was such a challenge. So Barca B are now using them. 
but it's it's just like the story of our our business, isn't it? Like there's so many good things happening, and we're kind of we're kind of say much at all. Like Barcelona is sponsored by Nike, obviously, so they're not plugging loads of photos of the Barca B training and stuff, and they've all got the gloves on. So we've just got a Especially when we made them the Barcelona edition. I know, <laughs> got some Barcelona colours, uh, gloves made. And uh, so they're using them and we can't really shout about it. We haven't, we haven't been able to get any photos of people in them, but we'll just, we know that they, they work for them. And it if is. they're good enough for Barcelona, they're no, good enough for... That's it, though, like, you, when, I was, when I was saying, you get some goalie coach at such a low level, saying, oh, they're bad, they shouldn't be, kids shouldn't be wearing them, goalie shouldn't be wearing them, they, they create bad habits, and then... You get Barcelona who love using them, so you like I know how, who I would listen to out of those. So especially somebody like Javi who's had an amazing career as a coach and Busquets' his dad. Um, I think it's. Uh, and I like I mean like you feel like Javi's like a top top coach that people haven't heard about because he's not he's not a first name goalkeeper coach at a Premier League club when he could easily be and he could be developing these goalies still. But he's had like I don't know if, how many he'd said, but. Maybe like throw three or four being international goalkeepers right, from yeah. from him and um, like Pena was one of his goalies and Tenis. he's made his debut for for Barcelona. He's been playing for Barcelona. Uh, Tenas obviously he's played. He's in P- he's at PSG now. So it's like um, again another one who's like we respect so much, but he probably he's nowhere near known as what he should be. But uh, we've a lot of, like a lot of appreciation for him like to buy into the gloves as well and um, he wouldn't have bought into them if he didn't think they were going to help his goalkeepers I can imagine some people saying like I, it's good to get in that extra 5% or something out of your performance or like they're the top goalies or the, the for top goalies who want that extra thing but I would say the earlier you use them the better isn't it Aye. Like, what is the downside of a, of a 5 year old or 6 year old wearing them from day one how good is he going to be? Like, like I said before, it's no coincidence how our goalies have got the best handling around. <laughs> like, and they all wear them. Um, David Raya, like he wears them. He's been wearing them since we had uh, the original handling gloves, or was it zero? He was. He started wearing he, them. He's even talked about it, didn't he? I know. So he, <laughs> but he he goes on a podcast and and tells people to wear the oldest gloves and the the worst gloves possible. But that's we call them Voss. We don't call them the worst <laughs> gloves possible. Like that's like. He, he's he's getting kids to go out and that is a good like fair enough like start by wearing old gloves or whatever I don't know but don't tell people that's what you're doing when you're not you're wearing our gloves but you can't see anything because of your sponsorship and look at his handling he's got the best hands in Premier League I'd say. of course when he when he, it was when he said that about um, he wears the worst gloves ever at training and of course they're, they're, they are our gloves that he wears and I mean, the, the host at the time of the party, he was like, whoa, that's genius. You know, like, that. that's an amazing idea. I'm going to start trying that. And, like, as if it was this groundbreaking thing know, when I've it was, again, it was... Put it across for the past <laughs> three years. So, it, so, again, like... We're not saying we've played a massive part in David's career by no stretch of the imagination, but <laughs> I think they do help massively. I think I think it's, um, it's brilliant for us to know, but, of course, it would be nice to benefit a little bit more from it as well. Uh, that's why we're doing the podcast, isn't it? Like spill uh, a bit, like just to put things straight. Because I'm sure he didn't mean it in a in a way to like knock our business, but it doesn't exactly like it's not going to help our sales by him saying that he's gonna uh, just wear all the worst gloves possible. Like, like we've got the worst gloves possible. <laughs> like that, if he said go buy them, that would really help. But 
you understand that he can't. Might start using that as a way of selling them. The worst uh, gloves ever. Yeah. Coming back, Good worst idea, gloves that. ever. <laughs> come and buy them and. Uh, you just come up without yourself there. Right. <laughs> no help. Just thought of it there. <laughs> so uh, I mean, like again, like we've talked about all the benefits and the in the positives to it, but obviously we still get opposition for it. And like, what's some of the questions that we normally get? Like, what what do you normally what do we normally hear from people? Uh, the change your the the change your hand position. That's oh, so, so, sorry, I was going to talk about the um, like what what people question about the gloves. So why couldn't you just wear? Oh yeah, like so the main thing is why not wear old gloves, old battered gloves. And I'd say, well, are you first of all like are you wearing old battered gloves? Or and uh, well, have we not already been over this? No, I think it's off air, wasn't it? Was it? Was it? Aye. <laughs> all right, I was going to say. <laughs> No, it's gone. When people when people say it to us like, why don't you wear old gloves? Why do you want to buy buy forty pound training gloves? Why not wear old gloves? Okay, then we'll just wear old gloves. At least start from that because <laughs> you're not doing that. You're you're just rubbishing the idea and just sticking with wearing your match gloves and training. Like start with bare hands. Okay, that's great. But then move on to players' gloves like Lee did. Do the same path that we did, and you might end up with our gloves. But at least start trying to improve your handling. Unless handling's just... amazing. Uh, unless you like, are, you catch, the... are you catching balls? Uh, like, are you actually... <laughs> How's your handling? Slippy ball, um, wet day, how's your handling? Yeah, <laughs> don't just hide behind your mask. At least, like I say, start with bare hands, go to players' gloves, go to, and then go to our gloves. Like, at least at least do it. Don't just tell us why why not do this, why not do that. Like, try it yourself. And and it's, a, it's just like a one-off investment, or like a once every year two years because of that durable it's like it's not like we're trying to trick you into buying these all the time it's we're not like we're not we're not like we're not salesmen it's um but like them you could you could if you're struggling for money you can buy one pair of training gloves and one pair of match gloves and that should last you a whole year training gloves for every other every session every warm-up and you wear your match gloves for the 90 minutes, and then you only need to buy two pairs of gloves a season. So really, it's it's about saving, we've spoke about it loads, but it's about saving people money as well. Like, the more you wear the training gloves, the less you need to buy match gloves, uh, the more money you've got, and the better you'll, the more you'll improve, and the better you'll get. So for me, it's like the biggest no-brainer, but obviously get a massive amount of people opposing the idea. So wear old gloves. All right. But like I said before, like you cannot get gloves with no grip at all. Yeah, wear players' gloves like Lee did. Okay, then like that's a good start. But it's not getting any transfer. You know, it doesn't feel like your, your normal gloves at all. Like we're trying to our training gloves are exactly the same as our match gloves, but with no grip. So you, it, like I said before, it, it sort of tricks your brain to think oh, I've still got my training gloves on. So I've got to apply the same amount of pressure to the ball. I've got to focus the same amount. I've got to concentrate, and uh, I've got to put everything in this ball. Um, whereas with, if you had other gloves on that didn't feel like your match gloves you just I think you'd treat them differently wouldn't you the key is if you use your match gloves in the same way as you use them the training gloves I think that's when you'll see this massive benefit and especially in the wet weather because wet weather's not easy even in match gloves so um, even ours are amazing grip in the wet but obviously it's ten times harder in the wet than it is in dry and it's um that's why the, obviously the training gloves are so powerful. I think yeah, yeah, like you want to be, you're a goalkeeper. What you do different to outfield players is use your hands. So in theory, you should be like a master like, of using your hands, shouldn't you? It's, nothing should worry you. You should have no. <laughs> 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 
nothing should should worry you. Like you should be trust your hands so much, like you're not bothered like what what the weather's like or um, what the ball you're using is. You should just have total total confidence in your hands because you're that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, no, handling. People think everyone says like handling's the basics, but it's the one thing that nobody does in games anymore. Catching a ball. So I think catching balls meant to be the basics, but it's uh, you never if like I said if you see a ball caught cleanly in a game, it's almost a surprise now. And it's mad because I I always try to like whenever I see a, um, either a catching games, I'll try to record it. We'll put it in our group chat and stuff. Or if you see like uh, an opportunity to catch. <laughs> and they never catch, and it's like always like a pat down or a, um, it's like a missed timer or pushing over the bar. And it's like, but then people defend that and say it's not worth the risk trying to catch that ball. But you're like, well, why do you spend so much time working on catching a ball if you think it's too risky to do? And why do we get so many comments on the page about like, why is he not, not one ball's caught? Like, <laughs> like, catch it, man, catch it, man. Like, why? Like, who are you saying that's catching balls? Well, say about like the training gloves, it's like, think because nobody catches a ball really in games the level of catching is like quite low so if you tr- if you catch a ball a really good ball in those gloves um it's like three or four levels above world class and this is like lads who've never played professional games but there's we've got lads who've used them consistently over a couple of years potentially arguably they've got better handling than some top professional goalies and it's only from using the training gloves that's it. Like, and if you, the more skilled you are, and the more like competent you are at at something, the risk lowers, doesn't it? So it, it's not a it's not a risk to try and catch it. It's like because you're catching in your match gloves, your best gloves, it should the risk should be a lot lower. Um, and catching a ball as well, like the difference between tipping it over or parrying it, it gives them another opportunity. But if you catch it, it's like making things look easy. And again, from using the training gloves, you have better handling in the game. And then when you catch a great ball in a game, it almost demoralises the other team, thinking if he moves his feet, makes it look easy, catches the ball in the top corner because he's so confident, it can think what well, the the other team think. What what do I have to do to score? He doesn't have to dive, and um, so I think stuff like that. It's all like a, a snowball effect, isn't it? It's where using the the training gloves is um, just can give you so much confidence. Like it does for, for any coaches out there, like. That say it um, it ruins confidence, gets bad habits. It's like it cannot be further from the truth. It's um, use them in the right way. It's going to give your goalie so much confidence. And if if anyone's confidence is going to be ruined, it's the guys you're training with because they they need match gloves to catch the balls that uh, you're using training gloves with. But like you say, just like reiterate as well the fact that it's not just handling that they improve. They're not just catching. It's like overall, like. Your your hands is um, as a tool. Like you become so much more skillful, being able to manipulate the ball and and like have control over the ball, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You want to have as much of that as possible when you're playing games under pressure in tough conditions. You want to trust your hands, don't you? And know that once it comes, you're not going to have to pat it down. And I always think if you're one of the if you're the best at what you do. You should make everything look easy. Mm-hmm. And that's not by patting everything down and putting things over the bar. It's about catching as much as you can and um say making it look easy and it's um I like that's a difference. That should be the difference between 
the elite, shouldn't it? All right, but it's definitely not because you get some top top world class goalies who refuse to catch the ball. They don't want to. They don't want to take that risk, and that only comes from confidence, doesn't it? Hi, so, like what? So, what would you say the biggest? Just on like off topic of the gloves, but like, what's the biggest difference between the elite goalkeepers and um, and lads who are playing? Like semi-pro or, or not uh, well, amateur level? You can see somebody amateur with a lot more natural ability and talent than somebody playing at the highest level. Because people think it is. It's these top goalies, they're just unreachable. It's just amazing how talented they are. But they're not there for those reasons. It's um, it, A lot of it's the mentality side, physicality side, and um, resilience, I think. For me now, if anyone asks what you, want, what you look for in a goalie, you would say it was like character. Cause it's about recovering from mistakes and I was my I thought I had a good character but when I look back in games I made a mistake and I was that was me done I might as well have just walked off the pitch because I struggled so much but obviously I was trained I wasn't used to making mistakes I got into bad habits of course by doing the wrong things off the pitch uh, at training um, so I think like the character side of it and all these lads like you see Neuer Joe Hart after they've made a mistake they just walk in the goal pick the ball up throw it out and put the hands on the hips as if to say, right, start from now. I think that's absolutely amazing oh, to be like that. And for me, I was, couldn't have got more opposite than that. Like with me, I was just like, I just felt sick. And <laughs> you just want it, you want the ground to swallow you. But I think that's why these top, top goalies are, are where they are. So see the lads we work with, um, any of them. So they wear our gloves in training, they make loads of mistakes. And they learn to overcome them and stuff like that. And then they'll go get a trial somewhere or go into a club and train and they think it's so easy, don't they? Because they've trained so hard with hard, the hardest gloves you can possibly wear. And then they go into a session with the match gloves to impress the coach and they think it's a, just a piece of cake, don't they? So, um, like they are the built, they build character. That when you say about character, it's like the gloves build your character. It's that thing, it's like an, it's an ego thing, isn't it? Because it reveals your character, doesn't it? Mm. And then you go two ways. You either go... You see it as a challenge, or you see it as like a fright, and you and you wanna you wanna run from it. Don't I you? probably would have ran away when I played when I was young, but I think now like it's um, we we refuse to do a training session now without them wearing them for the full session, don't we? Mm -hmm. They'd have to be really really struggling for confidence not to, and even if they were, you just taper the session to make it a little bit easier balls. Um, but in terms of them, like it's. Uh, I don't know, I just think for me, I just wonder what I could have done wearing them. But of course, I always say, I wonder what I could have done in my career having us behind us and that support, that safe environment, even people to go to, like to, when you're feeling like crap. Like we've had players that have they've worked, we've worked with, helped so much, and then they've thought they can do it on their own. But when they go to a club, they can't really go to the goalie coach and say, oh, I'm struggling for confidence, I'm struggling here, struggling there. Whereas where that safe environment uh, for players to come and I think it's so important whereas most players they're so scared to go because you hear about it a player goes to a coach and says to him oh I'm struggling mentally and the coach will just dismiss him and say oh he's not he's mentally weak mm -hmm. and he'll be out the door and you've heard loads of stories like that so I think for us it's so important to have that safe environment for training to make mistakes to learn um, I was saying to the boys um, earlier and Lucy saying there like there's um, if you can like I don't. You don't want to use examples, but like Carius, Carius, I'd imagine only did like short training, like short volleys, half volleys of training. If he had done more with a left foot cutting in, hitting moving balls over this, over his career, would he have 
dealt with Bale's strike better in the Champions League final, which effectively ended his career. That, that could have been the one and only shot he's ever had like that. Uh, you know, like uh, people people see a shot from from that distance and where it ends up in like at carriers, but that that shot could be totally different depending on who's hitting it, what they're hitting it with, how they hit it, um, what's in front. So it's like he's seeing that for the very first experience, and he'll have never ever dealt with that thirty-yard ball in train. I'd no. imagine from especially from a, in a goalkeeper session, maybe in a session, but you don't really do many full-size games in train, so it's more like short and sharp uh, games. So, but <coughs> people have this thing about like um, I I hated long range. I never did one long range shot session in my life, and I went to games and I I was when they were loading up. I just I was just hoping they wouldn't hit the target. Because you expect it to save it, but it's further out, so you so you expect to save it. It's got more time to move. You've got more time to think. It's like a worst nightmare. But that's why people, a lot of goalie coaches think, well, if you can catch a volley from six yards, you can catch a or save a shot from thirty-six yards. But it's a million times more difficult. And I do. You don't want to bring examples up, but I just think like with a caveat type of thing, that mistake. That's what he's known for now. Where he was an excellent goalie before that. But I'd imagine he'd never ever prepared for what was to come in the biggest game of his life, and I think he's been given a, a disservice, really. Um, uh, and again, for like coaches, it's not a way of like to to go in your shell and think, well, be stubborn and not change that. It's a, it's a chance to reflect and be thinking, I didn't, I haven't prepared somebody for 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 the demands of the game, isn't it? Aye. Instead, they just they don't want to look at that. Just think it. The goalie coach just says, right, he's made a mistake, next one in. I'll Aye. do the same stuff with him and um, hopefully that doesn't happen to him. What happened to the most, one of the most high-profile mistakes in football, in goalkeeping, isn't it, really? Um, and you, it's, uh, it, sometimes you can't recover, whereas if he'd done that same shot in training and he'd let it in a hundred times, but he'd learnt after every single one what he could have could have done it might give him a better chance in the final. Maybe it wasn't even a ball to, on to catch because of the movement on it. Um, stuff like that. So I think it's a, like I was, we always talk about our train. It's like a chance. It's a safe environment to make mistakes. Make mistake. I'd rather you made the mistake in our training and didn't make it in a game than never made it in training and made it in a game. Because sometimes, like you say, people don't recover from these high-profile um, mistakes. I know it's not like something that the manager can see. Like it's not like a bunch of uh, like deflections in front of the goal or a pair of sunglasses on. Like so, the manager can go. Oh, no, they no work. They're working hard. Uh, no wonder he didn't catch that. He's got the he's got the flashing goggles on. <laughs> Maybe we should make them like a bright flashing colour. <laughs> they like he's got the non grips on. Don't no. worry if he doesn't I catch anything. Them tuners where they used to have the lights on the uh, ears. Like, so when oh, you make contact, catch that. Oh, he's, got, the, he's got them non grips on. But that's another thing. Like they're really subtle as well. So. You know, you're not gonna, you're not like shouting and raving about why you haven't caught something. You, you, you're wearing this, and you're putting yourself in a position where you, you are adding pressure. So it's just another benefit, again, isn't it? And it's got to be where from where everyone's on board. So for me, the all the goalies want to wear them, but the goalie coach is the most important one to be on board. But if the goalie coach has the session, and he has five goalies or three goalies, and they're all wearing them, it's an even mm -hmm. playing field. Even if you get everybody on board, if it's at a professional club, just do a session on the afternoon or indoors. I don't think it's great to do indoors, but just do it to get the basics of them and find out why you'll use them. And um, it's a safe environment for the lads to use something that's so, so difficult and like build together. Yeah. So mm -hmm. go buy our worst clubs <laughs> in the world. 
<laughs> so that wraps it up for the first episode of uh, the Modern Day GK podcast. We've covered off a lot there. Covered <laughs> 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 aloof. That wraps it up for the first episode of the Modern Day GK podcast. Um, we've covered a lot there, from the gloves to training to coaches. Um, but future episodes will will cover a lot more. If it's something that you've enjoyed watching, leave a comment or let us know on social media, and we'll be back with more. Um, if you want to buy any of these gloves or the training gloves that we've been speaking about, head over to vossgk.com or the social medias, and there's links there. It's a sound investment, and it's the, um, it's, it's it's a really really amazing tool. Um, Mark, anything else? Um, feel free to reach out in terms of like uh, if you've got any questions or, or anything for future episodes, um, and also like if anyone is struggling massively with within football, uh, whether you're getting released or just going through a difficult time with with, um, with coaches or anything like that, feel free to reach out and we'll uh, we'll try to do our best to help. Yeah, that's been so. great. Um, but the most important thing is for us is about if you're struggling, um, if you're having a hard time, coach giving you a hard time, anything like that, just uh, get in touch and we'd love to help. That's the most important thing. So thanks for thanks for watching. <laughs>